Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Thanks for joining me on Special Edition. I'm Paula Degnan, and Happy New Year from everyone here at Odyssey. We'll start off 2022 Special Edition by introducing you to Charlie Murdoch. She's the founder of Project Headway Startup, and she plans to give back by helping those who may be starting over get a beauty boost to raise their self-esteem. It's 100 years of local theater. The Little Theater of Wilkesbury has a gala season planned. General Manager David Parmalee will be here. Also, starting soon, the Pennsylvania Farm Show. The full farm show runs Saturday, January 8th through the 15th. The food court opens on Friday, January 7th. We're going to meet Gail Ferranto. She's a committee member of the Mushroom Farmers of Pennsylvania and David Smith. He is the executive director of the Pennsylvania Dairymen's Association. Let's first talk to Gail and find out everything mushroom. Gail, so glad to have you here with us. We're getting ready for the farm show and you're going to be at the mushroom booth. Are mushrooms that big of a deal, Gail? They are absolutely a big deal. This will be our 43rd year with mushrooms at the Pennsylvania Farm Show. Uh, So it's a celebration um, of mushrooms for us. And uh, mushrooms are a big deal. They're the biggest cash crop in Pennsylvania. 60% of all mushrooms grown in the United States are grown right here in Pennsylvania. Uh, It supports about 9,000 employees and more than $313 in wages each year. So we have a big economic impact. And when people visit the farm show and they visit the mushroom booth, it's going to be more than just here's a mushroom, there's a mushroom, ask me about all these mushrooms. You have a lot of great things planned. We really do. At the uh, food court booth, we try to uh, not only show the traditional mushroom uh, recipes, which are the breaded whole white mushroom, that traditional creamy mushroom soup. Um, We've, over the years, been very innovative as mushroom farmers, uh, using mushrooms in many different ways. This year, we're um, offering a new item. It's a shredded portobello nacho. It is a 100% um, 100% portobello shredded in a tangy barbecue sauce uh, on top of blue corn tortilla trips by hers and uh, with some assorted cheeses and sour cream. So it's no meat, no soy, all flavor. 
So that's going to be fun. That'll be our new item this year. Oh, already, already. And now what else did I see on the menu? Portobello jerky? Portobello jerky. It's another great item. Um, it's, it's, it's got a really unique flavor. It's packed with uh, nutrients and it's the savory umami flavor. So uh, the real mushrooms, real jerky. I mean, it's all plant-based, all plant-forward. So we're super excited um, about this, this coming year. Well, we'll talk a little bit more because there's more on the menu there that have me just fascinated by mushrooms. They're, they've taken on a whole new life just since our conversation has started. Tell us about some of the nutrition in a portobello mushroom. Um, a portobello mushroom has just as much nutrition, uh, potassium as a banana. Um, and, um, you know, with everyone talking about immunity and, you know, trying to stay healthy, mushrooms are packed with B vitamins, selenium, ergothionine, zinc, folate, um, you know, all those things we need to, you know, stay healthy. And January is a perfect time to kind of kick off, um, you know, some, some, some newer habits. So, uh, we love January. We love that's why farm shows in January. So, um, yeah, and it's cold. We're getting ready. I, I, yes, it is cold. You're absolutely right. When we talk, go back to the mushroom booth area again. There's, is there going to be an actual kitchen set up there, or how is that going to work? Yes, in the uh, mushroom commod in the commodity area where the commodities have their different booths, there'll be a, um, a whole education on mushrooms, and you walk through a life cycle of a mushroom and how we, you know, start the process. From, you know, the compost wharf where we actually, you know, prepare the ingredients to go into the growing rooms and you walk through the whole cycle of it, the whole life cycle. And our mushroom farmers are right there to answer any questions. Um, and then, you know, we go through an interactive experience with the growing display. We'll have mushrooms on display there, all the exotic mushrooms that we grow here in Pennsylvania and also the whites and the browns, which are called agaricus mushrooms. So they'll be there. Penn State University will be there. Researchers, um, you know, lending us a hand with microscopes where visitors can learn about the science behind mushrooms. It's very, very interesting. Um, growing mushrooms is it's very unique. It's unlike any other commodity. Probably one of the biggest questions that I'm sure most people are going to ask, at least I am, is when we're in the outdoors throughout Pennsylvania, there are mushrooms. And I don't know, I wouldn't know one mushroom from another. And obviously, there are some that should not be eaten. So can you give us just a little bit of a quick how to know what's good, what's not supposed to be eaten? Well, it's a great question. And um, honestly, Paula, um, we don't know, I don't know a lot about wild foraging mushrooms. And there are thousands of fungi out there and um we we don't really have a lot of information on that i know there's a sorted number of clubs in the in in the state and there's a lot of uh, mushroom enthusiasts but unfortunately um i can't speak about them because you know many of them are poisonous so they're very difficult unless you're really an expert at it it's challenging to know what mushrooms are okay to, to, to pick and forage and which ones aren't. I mean, you know, a morel is a morel. We see those a lot. Um, but there's some that are very difficult to tell if they're okay and, you know, okay and safe. 
So, um, Unfortunately, I can't speak about that. So that would be a good question to ask the experts at the booth. And probably the best thing there is don't if you're not 100,010 for sure. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, let's get back to some of those other mushrooms that we do know about. Of course, the original breaded mushrooms, which we love to order when we're out because they make them much better than I do. <laughs> They're delicious. And um, that it was the initial item uh, we started with in 1978. It's a crispy whole white mushroom and uh, it's breaded and it's cooked in 100% vegetable oil, served with some uh, nice uh, uh, dressings on the side if you choose. But, you know, we like them just, just the way they are. Um, but one of our newer items over the past five years has been this juicy blended mushroom burger, mm. which is... It's a whole movement um, uh, our industry um, kind of jumped onto, and it's it's amazing. Um, we are blending chopped mushrooms with ground protein, and consumers love it. You can you can do it every day in your cooking with burgers and tacos and meatloaf and meatballs. Um, you simply just mix ground protein with chopped mushrooms, 50-50, 70-30, and um, it's it's a lot it's it's very moist, and um, you're getting a little bit you know you're reducing the fat, and you're adding up some vegetables to your dish. So that's been a big hit and voted number one, uh, I believe, from Farm Show 2019. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and that's on a Martin's potato roll, which is local, which you know we all love. Um, and then the mushroom salad, my mother's mushroom salad, Robert's mushroom salad, Italian vinaigrette. Uh, gluten-free, vegetarian, it's marinated button mushrooms with vegetables, and it's delicious. Onion, celery, carrots, olives, um, salt, pepper, parsley. I mean, it, it's really refreshing and uh, another farm show favorite. And who knew, so, who, how did mom know that that was going to end up on, <laughs> on your list at the farm show? <laughs> I know, and that's my ode to her, so I changed the name. And um, so I thought that would be that would be great because that's how we all know our mushroom salad. So, oh, and now yeah. and now one of my all time favorites, the cream of mushroom soup. Oh, mm. right. And it's made with real milk, real butter, uh, vegetable broth seasonings. It is it is creamy. It's loaded with mushrooms. We use both white and brown mushrooms in it. So it's got a very deep, rich flavor. Um, the saying goes, you know, the darker the mushroom, the more flavor. So creminis, portobellas, shiitakes, they all have more uh, flavor, a little bit richer. Uh, white mushrooms have some flavor too, but not if you want a more earthy flavor, you use a darker mushroom. Now, of course, people are able to find you at the Pennsylvania Farm Show, but you also have a website where if people have questions, information, they can go and find out more. Absolutely. Mushroominfo.com and uh, mushroomfarmersofpennsylvania.org. It is, uh, there's plenty of information on there. And then our farm, Bona Foods. Dot com. We have we have recipes also, uh, so we'll make sure that you know the mushroom salad, the cream of mushroom soup, and even the breaded mushrooms. You, there we can you can, we can make those at home. I mean they're very very good and very simple. Um, so all of these things you can really make at home. So we're trying to show you know the tradition and the innovation in our industry. And so we've been working very hard over the years, you know, to keep mushrooms 
conversation about mushrooms exciting and, and happening and excited for the farm show this year for sure. Oh, absolutely. Well, it sounds it sounds like your booth is going to be in the food court, right? Yes. And then you're going yes. to have another booth someplace else as well? Yes. In the East Hall, there'll be the mushroom commodity booth where you'll walk through the life cycle of a mushroom from, from growing the mushroom to in the kitchen. And um, that that will open on Saturday, January 8th. And the food court opens on Friday, Friday night at the food court, January 7th. So uh, come see us at the farm show. We'll be in both places and we'll talk mushrooms. Thanks once again to Gail Ferranto, committee member of the Mushroom Farmers of Pennsylvania. And did you know that the weekend after Labor Day, there is a big celebration in Kennett Square? Gail says that's because it's the mushroom capital of the world. Who knew? We're not done visiting the Farm Show preview just yet. Now we're going to introduce you to David Smith. He is the executive director of the Pennsylvania Dairymen's Association. And if you, like me, love your ice cream, Dave has something very good to tell us about. Dave, a pleasure to meet you. And tell me all about the Pennsylvania Dairymen's Association. Well, I'm glad you asked that question. The Dairymen's Association is a nonprofit organization here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania um, that is is very supportive of of many, many programs uh, around Pennsylvania in agriculture and the dairy industry. And uh, we are are most well known for the milkshakes and ice cream that we sell at the Pennsylvania Farm Show and at other events around the state. And the sale of those milkshakes uh, are the way we produce some revenue so that we can give it away uh, to the programs that uh, we support in agriculture. And when you're talking about the Pennsylvania Dairymen's Association and you're talking about milkshakes and ice cream, it's so much more than that, though, right? Well, it it is. uh, We do other products at the Pennsylvania Farm Show. We uh, do deep fried mozzarella cheese cubes, which are absolutely awesome and then we do some incredible grilled cheese sandwiches in addition to those great milkshakes that we have uh one of the things that's really cool for the the farm show the 2022 farm show coming up here in a few weeks we're introducing a a black raspberry milkshake which we have really a lot of excitement about and and we're we're excited just to to get to it well tell us about that now where did because i know every year you have something brand new so where did the idea of black raspberry come from well as you mentioned uh you know we do some things differently uh normally we just do a traditional chocolate and vanilla milkshake uh for our milkshakes um but uh we we were so excited about getting back to an in-person farm show this year we 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 did some internal research and flavor testing and things like that. And our team came up with the concept of let's get, let's get our own black raspberry milkshake here. And uh, it's just created a lot of excitement about it because it, it's new this year. And it, it is a good product, too. It tastes great. I've, I've been fortunate enough to be one of the people that tasted. it. I would hope so. You should have been the yeah. first in line. <laughs> <laughs> I was second. I had somebody, we had somebody else was there. Well, when we talk about the Pennsylvania Dairymen's Association, there's some... There's a certain group that we really have to thank, and I found this in looking up some of the facts. We have to thank the cows, Dave, because they yeah. actually they actually support so much throughout the state. 
Yes. Yes. You're, you're absolutely right. And, um, you know, we have, it, it's incredible the dairy industry in Pennsylvania because we have over 5,000 family dairy farms in Pennsylvania. In fact, we are second in the nation in the number of dairy farms in, in, in a state. And those family dairy farms uh, are out there every day caring and taking and, uh, and feeding and, and nurturing those, uh, those dairy cows that provide us with the milk. Uh, which is, is such a versatile product uh, in our diets. Uh, you know, obviously people are using milk as fluid milk in their, in their, uh, their cereal and drinking it, you know, just straight like that. But I, I think many people take for granted uh, how many different products in our diets are, come from the dairy cow that uh, our farmers take care of. Uh, the whole gambit of things uh, through the, the ice creams, the yogurts, the cheeses, the cottage cheeses. I mean, I could go on for quite a while to list the number of products that our dairy cows produce milk for that we have in our diet. And it's, it's really a versatile product. And actually, is it true that Pennsylvania is second in the nation for the number of dairy farms? Yes. Yes. Wisconsin is number one, but with five over 5,000 uh, dairy farm families in, in Pennsylvania, uh, that just gives an indication of, of the breadth of the dairy industry in Pennsylvania. And it, it's very significant in the economic revenue that's generated in Pennsylvania, too, because those over 5,000 dairy farms uh, put the dairy industry as one of the leading sectors in agriculture in Pennsylvania. Um, and that's, that's an agriculture alone is the leading sector of economic activity in Pennsylvania, uh, right near, uh, followed by, uh, tourism. And, uh, uh, so it, it's very important, uh, uh, economic driver in Pennsylvania also. And something else that I learned, I did not know that milk is the official beverage of the Commonwealth. <laughs> it is, um, the, through the legislative process, um, many years ago, milk was designated as that official beverage. And, uh, that's, that's also a, a little known fact that's very interesting. And it, it gives a, gives tribute to those 5,000 dairy farms and the cattle, the dairy cows that are producing that milk. And, and it shows the importance of that dairy in Pennsylvania. Well, again, the farm show, a perfect place to show off. And besides the milkshakes, you also have something called the calving corner. What's that all about? Yes, good question. I, I'm I'm thrilled to talk about that. The Dairymen's Association, uh, you know, as part of some of our programs that we support, uh, operate uh, um, an area in the Farm Show Complex in Harrisburg. It's called the calving corner, and we have four dairy farms, family dairy farms from Pennsylvania that uh, bring. Uh, pregnant dairy cows to the farm show complex. And if you're there at the right time, um, they will give birth uh, in the farm show complex. Uh, it's been a fascinating project for us to help support, but it truly gives so many consumers uh, a firsthand vision and, a, and uh, a look at life on the farm and the, uh, the miracle of birth. And it's, it's been fascinating for me to see so many consumers learn more about the dairy cows and see the birth of a calf and that miracle of the birth. It's, it just, it's just a great opportunity for our dairy farmers who are there to answer questions about the, the calves and the cows and the process. Um, it's something that our dairy farmers um, 
truthfully um, take for granted sometimes because we see the birth of a calf many times on a dairy farm routinely day in and day out. But most of our society is a little bit more removed from that, and it just gives a great opportunity for people to see that and learn more about that process. And the Calving Corner has a Facebook page as well as a YouTube channel? Yes. Um, as that, that progressed, uh, you, don't, you don't even have to come to the farm show to see the activity that goes on in the Calving Corner area. That uh, Calving Corner Facebook page will provide some links uh, to a YouTube channel where you can follow from the comfort of your home and you can actually see the, the birth of a live calf at times. And I also understand that, again, when we're talking about the dairy, you have some dairy royalty that will also be visiting with you, maybe not just with you, but with everyone in your area of the farm show. You have some princesses joining you? That's right. Um, yeah, I, I, I get to visit with them a little bit, but they certainly make their rounds. Um, Pennsylvania does have a program. It's called the Pennsylvania Dairy Princess Program where uh, we have dairy royalty. We have three girls that have gone through rigorous uh, contests and learning processes to be advocates for the dairy industry. And those people, those ladies, young ladies, will make their rounds throughout the farm show complex at different events and activities and, and making interaction with the public. And throughout the rest of the year, they are on the road at different events around the Commonwealth. And where are you actually going to be located? Is is the calving corner in the same area as everything else, or is that in a separate place? In case in case folks have been listening and say, "Hey, I want to get down there and find these folks." Right. Well, absolutely, we're in separate areas. the The farm show food court is in a very uh, designated area where where only the food is served, and then where the the dairy cows are is is in another part of the building. Uh, The complex is a huge indoor complex, and the calving corner is where the other livestock are located, and actually in the northeast hall of the farm show complex. Okay. Now, my other big question to you, Dave, is this. I know throughout the year, you have the opportunity, you travel around and you bring these delicious milkshakes. So you've been to Lemoyne and Harrisburg and Gettysburg. When are you coming to Northeast Pennsylvania? <laughs> we, we will try to do something like that this summer. Let me tell you, we'll, we're going to get around to different places, but we would love to do that. I think that would be terrific. And you know who you're going to call first. <laughs> we, we will do that. We'll let you know. Perfect. Now, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you would like to let everyone know about the uh, dairy aspect, uh, your particular dairy aspect of the farm show? Well, I, I just uh, I would just add that, that we represent so many dairy farmers that are such incredible farm families that take care of their livestock every day. Um, I'm truly fortunate to to, to put something out in front of the public uh, that's so well received, but it is it is because of our dairy farmers and the dairy cows on our farms throughout Pennsylvania that we're able to do that. Thanks once again to David Smith, Executive Director of the Pennsylvania Dairymen's Association. 
And of course, you won't want to miss either mushrooms or dairy this coming farm show. By the way, the food court opens at noon Friday, January 7th. The full farm show runs Saturday, January 8th through Saturday, January 15th. Of course, you can find out more about the Pennsylvania Farm Show, where to go, who to see. It's all online at farmshow.pa.gov slash PA Farm Show. Now, don't go away. When we come back, celebrating 100 years of local theater on Special Edition. Welcome back to Special Edition. I'm Paula Dagnan. Our area has so much history. Little Theater of Wilkesbury is part of that history. This year, celebrating 100 years. It started back in 1923 and has been at its current location, 537 North Main Street in Wilkesbury. It was purchased in 1956 and made its home there in 1957. Joining us right now is David Parmley. He is the general manager of Little Theatre of Wilkesbury and gives us a look at what's coming up for the 100th season. David, welcome. I'm very excited to have you here because not only are you going to be taking on a such a, a wonderful thing to be able to keep theater and local theater going in Northeast Pennsylvania, but you're involved with the 100 year unbelievable anniversary of little theater of wilkesbury welcome well thank you it's a pleasure to talk with you and yes isn't it a wonderful thing oh an unprecedented thing in our minds i think we're one of the oldest theaters in the region i guess nobody knows for sure but 100 years is certainly old, so we're glad to be here. Absolutely. And and so many wonderful performances. Do you have a little bit of the history of where it all started? Oh, my gosh, yes. We have a marvelous new website, and our entire production history timeline is on there going back to 1923. But Little Theater started in a very modest way. Now, there was actually a movement at that time that said amateurs – could produce theater themselves. And of course, the alternative was to go to New York to Broadway or some professional company or wait for one who was touring to come around. But some folks nationwide decided, well, we can do our own version. And some folks very much looked down on it and other people were enthusiastic about it. What well, started actually with folks getting together in people's living rooms and reading plays. And we actually have a record of the first play they did. It was called The Elephant's Child kind of a little Rudyard Kipling-style uh, tale about animals. We discovered it and found it six and a half minutes long. Wow. <laughs> but <laughs> So a very modest beginning. But before you know it, uh, Little Theater was producing well-known plays that had been done on Broadway. And by the time uh, World War II ended and things started up again with theater on a large scale, you were seeing the big, well-known musicals, things like Oklahoma and Carousel. So uh, things got better over time, and there have been over 500 productions since 1923. That's a lot of time spent. And it's again, it's not just what what the audience doesn't see uh, is all of the time before a production gets on stage and how long it takes from beginning to end. So what do you have coming up for this big season celebrating 100? Well, it's so true, Paula. We actually have two missions 
Uh, one is to bring exceptional theater to the area, to our friends and neighbors, what Walter Mitchell likes to call Broadway in your backyard. And the other is to give people who love to do theater, actors and actresses, musicians, technical people, et cetera, a place to do what they love. That That's uh, our, part of our goal is to make sure they have somewhere they can get together with friends and, and practice the craft they love so well. So for the 100th anniversary, we decided to, to do a blockbuster season and just to stage some of the biggest and best loved musicals we could. And our artistic director, Scott Collin, uh, made some inroads in New York and got some, some uh, productions that are kind of tough to get. So we've got a big season coming up. It starts with our 100th celebration concert, uh, over 100 singers. Uh, we're bringing back some soloists who have been in little theater productions in the past and a completely volunteer orchestra that I think is up to about 18 people. And that happens the final weekend of January. And then what happens as far as that is concerned? Can people get tickets in advance or uh, how, how, will, how will all that work? Yes, you can always get tickets by calling or if they're available uh, the day of by just coming to the ticket window. But more and more popular we're finding is our online ticketing. It's easy, it's fast, and you can choose your seat. So I think we're up to about 80 to 90% of our audiences are choosing online ticketing. It's a great way to go at www.ltwb.org. All right. So you, you can buy tickets just about any time now for that concert coming up. I'm going to have you mention that website quite a few times as we as we go through our chat today so that everyone has it. And do you have any of the specifics? You said the final weekend in January. Are there is there a date? Is it one one night, two nights? Uh, it's actually three nights, oh. uh, 28, 29 and 30. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, most of our productions will run two weekends. But occasionally, something like this, a special occasion, it'll be one weekend. So you can choose from three shows, whatever works best for you. And we'd like to have a matinee uh, for those who prefer to, to come to theater during the daytime. And this is all just going to be people who have been in past performances over all these years. You've invited them back. Yes, we have. It's, it's a, of course, an all-volunteer cast as it always is and some folks are coming to uh, little theater for the first time but we've sought out as many people as we can to return from past decades and actually the music is being organized by decade so you'll hear broadway music that people love going back to the 1940s and as recently as last year that's amazing. Wonderful. Now, what about when we get into the actual season itself and you start putting those folks up on the boards? What's coming up? Yes. Well, with one uh, idea we had that worked out, thank heavens, of course, we haven't been able to produce theater for quite a long time, going on two years uh, since we shut down. We reopened with a guest performance in June, and we've had three productions this fall that have been very well received. So for our 100th season, we thought, let's start with a show about people who weren't able to dance and now can, because we're dancing again. And of course, that show is Footloose, Ooh. which we've produced uh, twice in the past. People have loved it, and we're bringing that back. Uh, we're following that with Chicago, uh, the wonderful Kander and Ebb piece that Bob Fosse made famous, you know, typifies his style. Uh, and that's a very uncommon show to see 
outside of the professional ranks. We've got another big show, a modern show, returning that uh, people loved at Little Theater, uh, Rent, which we produced in 2009. Of course, that goes back to the late 90s. Uh, this summer, we're doing once again live on stage our youth workshop, uh, which started actually in 1986. That's a free youth workshop for local young actors. It's free to families. And in the uh, recent years, we've taken to producing the same show with the kids that we do either before or after with our adults. And this year, that show is the Sondheim musical Into the Woods. Oh. And it's, it's a great, great musical. Nothing like it. And the kids' production will be followed by an adult production, which is part of our cultural outreach program, where we're actually uh, soliciting and giving priority to actors of color to be in that production. That'll be happening in August. Uh, followed by uh, the Rocky Horror Show in October, uh, which is something we do every year. This will be Rocky 8, actually. <laughs> it would have been Rocky 9, but for COVID, always a, a popular show. It draws big audiences and people enjoy it so much. And then a special Christmas show that we actually cannot announce yet. Oh. Uh, for just for, for technical reasons. Oh. But but once we have that set up, we'll, we'll uh, put that on our website. And of course, that was one of the big events for this past holiday that we just went through was A Christmas Carol. Yes, we've, we've done the show three times. Uh, and this year we were very happy to be able to stage an original local musical by Ted Anderson and Kevin Costley. That's something you don't see very often. And the audiences came out, and you could tell it was a big part of their holiday. A fantastic production, and uh, people left with a great feeling, as they should, from Christmas Carol. Absolutely. Now, one of the things that I did see, and of course, besides having, what was that website again? Uh, LTWB, Little Theater of Wilkes-Barre, LTWB.org. Okay, and you also have a Facebook page. We do, um, of course, become more and more popular, and we post on our Facebook page not only uh, publicity for the shows, uh, but also submissions for people who want to be part of the shows to direct or to be part of the technical crew and auditions. So you'll see auditions posted there, too, if you're somebody who'd like to get up on stage. And you also have one that is coming up for, is this specifically for Footloose, for people who want to be an actual part, as you mentioned, choreography, music director, something like that? Exactly. Uh, the, the creative staff, uh, designers, choreographers, music directors, etc., will always uh, ask for submissions for that early on. And, of course, anybody can submit whatever it is you'd like to do, and you just send a note to us, and we consider your application. And that's going through Sunday the 9th? That should be on Facebook now. Not hard to find. So we've got Footloose coming in March, followed by? Followed, uh, let's see, by Chicago, April 29th through May 8th, then Rent, June 17th through 26th, and uh, Into the Woods, August 5th through 14th, then Rocky at Halloween and our Christmas production around Christmas time. And if someone is looking and hearing this for the first time and saying, I love them all, I want to see them, do you have a subscription that will get somebody in there for the entire season? Well, that's one of the great things we do. We've got a, a program called a Play Pass that our box office manager, uh, George Rando, organizes. And the play pass is a good deal. It's a substantial discount from buying the tickets individually. But the nice thing about it is you can use it any way you want to. 
uh, the least expensive play pass is six tickets, which is designed to give you one ticket to each of the major main stage productions. Uh, but you can bring five friends to one show if you like. You can use it any way you wish. What? So it has to- total flexibility. Really? Yeah. Explain yeah. that to me again. <laughs> I, 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 that caught me off guard. Yeah, it, it's actually um, on the website. It'll say become a subscriber. And a lot of folks say, well, I don't want to buy a season ticket because I don't know if I want to come to every show or where I'll be during that performance. And I don't know if I'll be able to use it. But the great thing about the Play Pass is you can use it like a season ticket, you know, for one ticket to each show, or you can break it up any way you like. You could have a party and invite five of your friends to a show, and there's your six-ticket Play Pass. Oh, now that's very cool. I, I yeah. When I, I saw it on the site, but I guess I didn't read thorough enough and probably a lot of people don't because they're so used to as you said this ticket for this show this ticket for that show and what if i can't make it now the show that's coming up in the end of january is that part of this or is that something that's also part of this too yeah in the past uh sometimes those special events would not be included but this year we wanted to include everything for total flexibility so the 100 season celebration concert is part of the play pass program. And of course, little theater, just like so many other local theater companies always rely on the angels. We do. Uh, and how can they help you in order to make this one stellar 100th year celebration? Well, had it not been for the generosity of people who supported us when we were unable to produce theater, you know, we couldn't even earn a living, so to speak. Uh, we would not have made it through the shutdown. And I think that's that's true of most theaters. But we're very grateful to be here. And you will also see on our website a place where you can uh, contact us to sponsor a show or advertise in our program or just support us in any way that you'd like. We expect to, to have to earn our keep. You know, we, we do survive by selling tickets and we want people to come and see the shows. But if you're a supporter of the arts, would like to contribute in a greater way, please contact us and we'll talk about that. And how about volunteers? Oh, the, the, the lifeblood of the theater. Uh, everything from cleanup before the show to staffing concessions to ushering. And of course, as part of the production crew, we always look for people to help building sets, costume, that sort of thing. And people always come around. It's, it's wonderful. And we have a pretty good time. How can people get in touch with you if they are interested in something like that? Through the website? Uh, through the website is an easy way to do it. Uh, send send us an email or uh, simply message us on Facebook. What's that website again, David? <laughs> LTWB.org. Well, already a standing ovation just for the fact of the lineup that you have coming. And I'm going to let you tell our listeners one more time, give them the welcome back to Little Theater of Wilkes-Barre for the 100th year. It's a once in a lifetime occasion. And please join us at the theater. It has been marvelous to see your smiling faces during productions again this fall. We've met so many good friends. Please come and see us during the 100th as well. Thanks, David. Don't forget, you can find out everything you need to know at ltwb.org. Coming up, coming up, an entrepreneur with very big plans. Charlie Murdoch next on Special Edition. Next on Special Edition, meet Charlie Murdoch, the founder of Project Headway Startup. She's an entrepreneur who believes in giving back. Charlie, welcome. It's so nice to have you here. And 
what caught my eye was Project Headway. Now, that could mean such a variety of things, but for our listeners, for your Project Headway, what does that mean? Project Headway is actually a company that exists to make headway in people's lives through beauty. The whole purpose of the company is it's a for-profit company with a focus on philanthropy. So our goal is to actually use a large portion of our profits to help people with job interviews, help people who are looking for interviews for school, anybody that's on the bottom of the the barrel and they need beauty services to feel like they're at the same starting point as other people when they're down and out. So we would go to homeless shelters with portable salons and just help people who don't have the money to feel their best for something like an interview or anything in life that would help them make headway in their lives. We want to use a portion of our profits to make full service salons to do that. The other thing that we want to do is better the stylist. And there's a lot of stuff going on right now. I am a professional colorist by trade. I owned a salon, managed salons. And I've noticed through the industry that hairstylists don't get the best of, of a paycheck. They get kind of shafted a little bit for their skills and education, unlike other professions. So I want to make headways in the, the stylist life too. Our goal is to open up salon suites and through a network of salons, be able to offer lower suite rental rates and give more back to the stylists themselves so that way they can benefit better from their own work. How did all this come about? Obviously, your background lended itself to what the what's coming to fruition. But where did the idea come from? Um, I have a pretty rough past. I was a stylist for 25 years. I did own a salon. I managed salon. However, in 2012, I went through a really rough divorce. My mom passed away and I lost my salon in a three-month period. And it kind of changed, I think, the trajectory of my whole life. Since then, I went through a little bit of a drug addiction. I beat that. I was homeless twice with my kids. Just a, a lot of terrible things that happened. And through that, I saw my bottom, which I never thought I'd see. Prior to all of that, I was in the Army. You know, I was an athlete. You know, came from a good cookie-cutter home. Never thought I'd see the day where my mom passed away and my life went to shandles with a drug addiction. I pulled myself up from my bootstraps. There was a time where my house flooded with septic waste. I found myself homeless with my kids a second time. And we were living in a, in a bedroom that my sister had provided for us. And uh, I had to pull myself up yet again. And it was at that point where I had nothing. I didn't even have money to do my own hair. And I'm a hairstylist. So I thank the universe, the spirits, God, whatever you believe in, that it had my back and provided these things for me. People would just show up and give me things that I needed. And eventually someone actually gave me a house and a place to live and I was able to start over. But it was after that when I started getting things better and my life was in a good trajectory pattern, COVID hit. I found myself unemployed for the first time. So I'm sitting at home and I'm like, man, you know, this really sucks that I had to go through that. But how many people are going to have to go through it after the world opens up again? So I started thinking of a way that I wanted to do free services for people. I no longer wanted people to have to pay me. It started with the idea of the mobile salon units. And I happened to meet a woman who introduced me to some other people who helped me start the business who said to me, well, how are you making money? It's great that you want to do all this stuff for free. But how are you making money? That's where the for-profit side of Project Headway into blue through a partnership that I have with Can Do, the Can Be Initiative in Hazleton. I met a person named William Andahazi, and he runs a, it's on Broad Street in Hazleton. It's called the, the Think Tank. It's a place where people who are trying to start businesses can go, and he gives them advice and guidance and a pathway. And we met on Zoom for 
almost a whole year before we figured out a way for me to find a viable way to bring money into the business to actually start it. My hat's off to them because now you know, we're, we're getting somewhere, you know, we're getting some movement and I'm excited to see where things go, you know? And that's so, where yeah. the entrepreneurial partnerships come in because you're starting off in this think tank, this innovation collaborative. And then from there, you're also giving back your services. It's a win-win in, in both areas. So how are you progressing so far? We're doing fantastic. We are actually just got selected for the senior capstone project at Penn State. So with that, we're going to get to work with some engineers. There's been some things in my head that I've been wanting to automate color mixture and hair salons forever. And um, through talking to Bill, he's like, this actually a, it's a pretty revolutionary idea. I'm like, what? Shut up. Just chick from Weatherly. He's like, no, this is serious. He managed to get us in to become the senior capstone project. So I have engineers that are going to help me design my invention pretty much. And then through that, the business department at Penn State is helping me get a business plan put together to showcase to investors, possible investors, to hopefully get people to see that this could be pretty huge and give back. It's funny because Bill, he's like, you're so worried about the money. He goes, when you have an idea like this, the money's the easy part. And I'm just like, ah. Everything's I'd like to talk together. to him. I think he has the right attitude. <laughs> <laughs> he really does. He's, he's, he's a phenomenal guy. And uh, I'm thankful in every way that he became a part of my life. Charlie, I'm just so amazed that you're actually doing something that's going to be pro- for profit for you. But yet you've also kept that spirit and you're giving back to the community. Now, I know that you mentioned going to different places and helping people. And one of those places was Roots Place in Wilkesbury. Well, that was me jumping the gun because I just want to help. And I probably pulled the trigger way too soon on that. But I saw a need and I wanted to meet it. So I called up Roots Place and said, hey, can I just come up there and do some hair for free? And she was like, sure. So I started going up there and then I ended up looking for some volunteers. It wasn't going so well. And I'm friends with Lisa from 98.5 on Facebook. She had come to one of my salon events one time. She was like, oh, I'll share it for you. And I guess it went like locally crazy. It was shared like 400 times. And now I have, it was crazy. It was such a blessing. I have this whole list of volunteers willing to go anywhere when I need them. I did let them know they're on standby until I can get some of these mobile units or we're just going to do haircuts in the park or whatever we can pull off until I get some, some real resources put together. I did find a way, I'm a salon consultant by day, to have color donated to Project Headway. So I do have color and I have supplies. So I can go ahead and just put some chairs in a park if I wanted to. And I plan on doing a lot of that over the summer just to make sure that people are at least feeling good about themselves in this time. Because right now, I mean, everything seems grim and dull. And at least if you look in the mirror and you see something that looks good, that looking back at you, you have some pride in yourself. It just gives you that little push to go the extra mile, I feel like. I was probably a little too too quick on that. But it, I mean, I managed to get volunteers out of it and it worked out. Now I can just do some little things until I get the mobile units up and running. So I'm excited. So what can our listeners, what can anybody who happens to hear about this, or I know you have a Facebook page where you've been giving all kinds of information, what can we do in order to help? Follow my Facebook page. That's about what we have right now. Um, We're starting our website in production right now. We're going to start doing product sales online to get some money just to help us with like gas and tolls and taking a lot of my own money from from my family. I'm a single mom. I have three kids that live with me and I have a fourth child that lives with us who's not mine, but 
should be. A lot of this is coming from our own funds. So we were like, well, until we get some products to sell big products from the engineers, let's just make some hats and t-shirts and stuff. So we're going to have those on our website. And, you know, if you want to buy a hat or t-shirt, support us just to get us some gas money, some volunteers, some snacks at these events. That would be great. And follow us and like our stuff, like our stuff and share our stuff and get a buzz going in the community about what's to come. Because this is something that I want. I want to sweep across the nation. I want mobile units in every major city across the United States. And my goal is we don't stop until I have one in Germany. And I'm kind of tenacious. So it, it's going to happen. <laughs> Charlie, I, I kudos to you. That you came up with all this, that you're you're following, and it and again, it is. I don't care what Bill says; it has a lot to do with the money. But you also <laughs> have quite the vision. So once again, just wrap it all up for us, if you will. Give us the the Facebook information. If someone would like to speak with you, how maybe they can get in touch with you. Just let us know everything that you want everybody to know about Project Headway Start up? Sure. You can find us, our pages on Facebook at Project Headway Startup. My name is Charlie Murdoch. The phone number for Project Headway, if you want to reach us for anything, events or anything, it's 570-359-5882. And um, if we don't answer the phone, we will get back to you at our earliest convenience. And uh, just like and share us and start talking about us. It's it's exciting stuff and it's going to help hopefully change the world in one small little bit of a way. Thanks for listening to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.